Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here and we've got another very interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is bounce back after a failed negotiation. We're also going to be chatting with Christina and we're going to be looking at point two of those that homework we set you a couple of weeks ago. But right now we're going to have a chat with Wayne Lennon who've, who comes from Insurance for Living. We're going to talk about some of those myths of business insurance. Good afternoon, Wayne. Good afternoon, Julian. And... Um that was a great song to lead in to heartbeat. an insurance advisor, Heartbeat. Because well, you've got to you've got to have that heartbeat before we can get you some insurance. <laughs> well, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, and, and uh, if you lose your heartbeat, that's why you need insurance, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. What, are, what are some of these common myths around insurance? Well, the great, the first great myth is it won't happen to me. Yeah, you know, people. Uh, they read it in the paper every day if someone's had a heart attack, had a cancer, been in a car accident, but they just don't think it's ever going to happen to me. And when when you hear someone interviewed about a serious illness or accident, commonly they say, I just didn't expect it to happen to me. Yeah, and, and, and we've got more than one myth there, haven't we? What yeah, we've got that there's several there. Uh, people think they've got it in their superannuation. Yep. People think they've got their income protection, their life insurance. They would have some life insurance in their super fund, but the average amount of cover is about a hundred thousand mm. dollars. So that's really not going to pay out a mortgage or debts if someone something happens to them. So yeah. they need to review, or they need for a start to. Um, have a look at their statement and see exactly how much covers they've got in their supers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, think, they think they're covered by workers' compensation. Mm-hmm. Now, workers' compensation is only going to cover you at, for an accident at work. Yeah. But it's not covering you for a heart attack or a cancer or yeah. a stroke yeah. uh, or a car accident to work. So um, that's a myth. And... Workers' compensation only runs for a limited period of time. It's not going to re- replace your income for the next 10, 20 or 30 years. Mm. A lot of people think they don't need insurance because they don't work. Mm. But if your partner's at home looking after the kids and something happens to the partner, um, how much to replace a full-time carer or how much work in monetary terms does your partner do at home? Mm. So if something happens to your partner, most likely you're not going to be at work as much. So there's going to be a loss of loss of income there. Another good one is people say, oh, I'm young and healthy. Well, that's the best time to get insurance, when you're young and healthy, <laughs> when you haven't got a problem. Cost less. <laughs> uh, well, it costs less. You can yeah. lock in a, a, a lot cheaper price. yeah. yeah. And before you have a, a complaint, like uh, a bad back, uh, elbows, knees, especially if you're a tradesperson, um, they need to get their insurance while they haven't got any problems. Yeah. Because when they hit 50, they've got a bad leg, a knee, shoulder, back, they, they're not going to be able to get the insurance when they get older because of that reason. And the big one is it's too expensive. but Too, too expensive. 
all well, the things you've outlined just now, <laughs> we need to consider what would happen if we didn't. Well, if you consider, if you consider one in three people will have a heart attack, cancer, or stroke, um, there's more chance of claiming on those insurances than your house getting burnt down or your car getting stolen. Mm. But, but most people have their house insured, their car insured, but they underinsure or don't insure their biggest asset, which is them going to work. Mm. Mm. So that really comes into uh, the next question, what sort of insurances should I consider for my business? And we're really going to focus on that important one, the biggest, ac- biggest asset. The biggest asset, that's you going to work, earning the money to pay the bills. So there's two things that could happen to you. Well, three probably, but you're either going to die. So we need some life insurance at least to pay out all your debts. Yeah. Because if if you die, you don't want to leave debts to your business partner or to your, to your um, personal partners. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens if something worse than dying happens to you is... <laughs> is your income dies yeah. because you had a heart attack or cancer, stroke, you're not going to work, you're not earning the income, but you've still got all your debts to pay. So so what are the biggest mistakes people make about uh, business insurance? Well, the biggest mistake is um, they don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> they, they insure the building or they insure the assets of the building, but you, the owner is the biggest asset. Now, a lot of businesses, majority of businesses that are in partnerships with partners, don't have uh, a buy-sell agreement with the other partner. Mm. If something happens to one partner, have you got a written down through your solicitor a buy-sell agreement to say you can buy my share of the business for X amount? Okay, yeah. And then have a life insurance policy to cover that in place, so there's no haggling a time of death, you're not going to end up with a partner that, that, that someone you don't know or the wife or the husband or the person that's died. You, you need to have that nutted out before anything happens. So how important is it to regularly review your insurances? Well, a lot of things can happen with your insurance. To get insurance, they ask a lot of questions, but uh, you might have been a smoker and now you're not a smoker. You might have been overweight, and maybe now you're not overweight. Um, one that could come home to haunt you is when you took out insurance, you lied on the application. Mm. Uh, you didn't tell them your correct uh, weight, or you didn't tell them uh, I'm, I'm on cholesterol tablets, or I've had an episode of this or that, and you think you're covered, but um, when you put in a claim... That's how you didn't tell us. Yeah, the insurance company's going to, um, and that's a major reason why a lot of claims don't get paid, is non-disclosure. So maybe maybe review when you did take that insurance out and make sure that you did tell them everything. So let's finish up with a couple of stories about that first myth, it won't happen to me. Many of my listeners would know that uh, for the month of August I wasn't on the air because I fell off a ladder and hit my head on the ground and was unconscious for about seven hours and in hospital for a few days um, and uh, certainly uh, wasn't capable of working for about a month. Uh, and I was lucky because uh, um, I could have said it wouldn't happen to me. Um, it, 
I got off lightly. I could have could have been a lot worse than uh, I might never have even returned back to work again. Um, and you've got an experience of a uh, lightning strike. Yeah, well, five years ago I was in Bar Beach car park and watching the storm come in from the ocean and um, bingo bongo, I got blown up with a, a lightning strike and um, blew up my car. So didn't take my life. I lost a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> but it but could have people, taken your life too. So, <laughs> If people Google my name in YouTube, um, someone behind me was videoing the the uh, storm and he uh, he got the clip of my car getting hit by lightning. And it's probably more scary watching that these days. I yeah. think, wow, yeah. I was in that car. Yeah. yeah, it really bears out both those stories and many, many more. It really bears out, you know, it, it can happen to you. Well, you've only got to pick up the paper every day. And see things and, that happen. And see, you know, you, you, you're shocked, oh, I didn't think that had happened to them, or wow, how bad are they? Or how many GoFundMe pages do you see when someone is seriously injured or yeah. or had an accident? And the average, the average amount of money raised on a GoFundMe page is $4,600. Mm. So that's not going to... Not going to get you very far, a, is it? Not going to pay for a funeral. Great. Well, thanks for your time, Wayne, and we'll have a chat with you again another time. And one regular thing I'd like just to mention, Julian, is for people to get regular health checks, medical checks. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, it's good to have the insurance and it's good to get paid out, but it's even better not to have to claim. Yeah. So, you know, for the guys out there... Prostate check over 40, breast cancer, all those melanomas too. Yeah. Make sure you regularly get, get checkups every year. Great. Well, thanks very much, Wayne. Have okay. Good... Thanks, Julian. Thank Have you. a good day. Bye-bye. Wayne Lennon there, helping us to understand really the importance of insurance and it won't happen to me. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you this week? I'm very well. I'm really recovering from my fall now. Oh, that's excellent news. So we're going to talk about point two of the uh, seven points that we set a couple of weeks ago. Vision, vision, values and mission. Yes, and they're in the vernacular of every business and unfortunately every business, A, doesn't set them. When they set them, they stick them in a bottom drawer uh, and when they stick them in the bottom drawer, they don't live them. And then they don't share them with others either. Yeah, correct. So, and, you know, it's really important. I think it also gives the people that work with you um, a, a direction for where the business um, is heading, how you want to treat your clients, what kind of clients you want to take on. But it also allows the people that may want to come and work, um, like your clients then, uh, a, an idea of how you function and where you sit in the grand scheme of things. And a lot of people are benchmarking via vision, values and mission. So just a couple of, um, of quick tips, I guess, for people to actually consider. Actually, I'll start with a couple of examples. Um, did some work with uh, an insurance, a life insurance organisation. Just been talking about life insurance. There you go, perfect. <laughs> so as we drilled down to find out why they were in the business of life insurance, you know, why do you want to do this? Why is, why is this the business? Why have you come to work here? Why, why, why? It turns out that the bottom line was Everybody that worked there wanted to help people. Mm. So what happened with that, where we started with that and where we ended with that was we, the, the vision, the values, the mission, everything was aligned to we help more people. Mm. So 
you might come along and we'll help you. And then our mission from that point onwards is to help more people and more people and more people. So as that, with that as their statement, then they knew how to show people what they did. So they would give examples on their website of how they had managed to help people and had invited people in because they wanted to help more people. Mm. So the other thing that, we've, um, that we did with them, they had a, a set of values. They had about, oh, I think it was around eight to ten values that they, that they had um, in, their, in their kit. And we kind of went, let's break it down. Let, let's come down to maybe four or five. So some of them meant very similar things and could be shown in very similar ways. So we turned all the values into verbs. And then we turned those into actual actions that people could take. So, for example, if a, if a, um, a value was we want to we, we are honest and transparent, how did that play out in their day-to-day activities at work? Mm. So a very simple activity was when you said something to somebody, when you had a conversation, you looked them in the eye. And because it had been said and spoken about, the honesty and the transparency came across every time you were having a conversation and you were looking somebody in the eye. So very simple action that accompanied what the value was. And that, and that and provides people with a way of measuring that rather than it just being a few words on a bit of paper. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. And so then we, we also went, scatter them, put them on the walls, put them on cards, put them mm. in front of desks, have them on screensavers, you know, because it's this constant reminder of what it is, why you're turning up for work. Make them part of the induction process. So make your vision, vision, values all part of the induction process when somebody comes on so that they know. And I actually know organisations that hire and fire, not on your CV, because by the time you've reached interview stage, tick, you've ticked all the must-have this, must-have that, yeah. It's all about how you're going to treat people and the value system with which you live your life. So I know people that just hire in interview. Um, based on vision and values. Mm. Um, and then I think it's also important to define the language that the organisation uses. So your vision, your values, your mission, all of those need to be reflected in the conversations that you have, in the language on your website, um, you know, in the, in the proposals that you give to people. We actually don't send anything out that doesn't have our vision on the front, you know, first page of proposal, here's our vision. Does it align with what you want to do if it doesn't? you know, then potentially we're not the right people to do business with. Mm. So have them prominent on your website, use them as screensavers, have them around for people to see everywhere so they know what you stand for. And then the passion of of that comes out, doesn't it? It certainly does. And you also kind of, you get a feel for the people that are on board with all of that, with with the vision that the company has. I mean, you can go through, you know, look at, look at what the vision is for Apple and for Google mm, and for all those mm. major companies, you know. My favourite, we've mentioned it multiple times on this program, is Zappos. I walked into Zappos, yeah. every single person there lived, lived that wow by customer service. Yeah, great. You know, we, we walked out of there and we were wowed by customer service. I heard people on the phone wowing people by customer service. It, is, it makes such a difference when you are totally aligned with everything that the whole business stands for. Right. Well, thanks very much for that. And uh, next week, we're going to look at point three. We will. And point three is network and collaboration. So we'll give everybody plenty of time to have a think about it. Okay. Fantastic. Christina there with point two, vision, values, mission. Very, very important. We don't mention it enough sometimes. And as uh, Christina outlined, there's a lot of businesses that really don't have them.
And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. And this particular one is bounce back after a failed negotiation. Sometimes, despite your best efforts, a negotiation doesn't go your way. Perhaps a customer uh, pushed for a steeper discount than you wanted to offer, or potentially a client went to your competitor's bid. In face of disappointment, how do you make sure your reputation isn't damaged? First, don't panic. More often than not, there will be opportunities in the future to retry your case. And even though you didn't win on the terms you came to the table with, there may be some unexplored upside that you haven't yet considered. Great negotiators find value and benefits in unexpected places. The important next step is to be transparent with your employees and managers about why this round didn't go your way. They'll appreciate your honesty and help you spot missteps so you'll be more prepared the next time around. So there's interesting points there about those values coming out again, isn't there? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to visit the tax world again with chartered accountant Tony Fidray. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Henry Ford once said, a business absolutely devoted to service will have only one worry about profits. They will be embarrassingly high. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.